Anyway, while sharing my testimony, I'm not, I'm not new to sharing a testimony because um, my husband and I actually uh, have shared our testimony a lot. I came from a dysfunctional family and married um, the love of my life who's here, but uh, he, he ended up being a drug addict, and, <laughs> and we were together for five years of um, that drug addiction, but I wasn't perfect. I know that's hard to believe, right, but I wasn't, and so um, anyway, but through all that, uh, God brought us through. He restored our marriage, and Eric now has 17 years clean and sober. Yeah. Stand up so they can stand up and wave. And, yeah, there he is. Very proud of him. And uh, he's a great husband. We just celebrated our 20-year anniversary. And, you know, God's just good. And if, just on a side note, if anybody is having mar marriage problems, just know that, like, my marriage was just dust. And God restored it better than before. So don't give up. God can do it. Okay? Put it in his hands. Um, so this is like my own testimony, and uh, I had to write it from scratch like two days ago. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really just about the last couple of years. And the first time I came to Epic, I was actually just going through a lot. And my brother Brian, a lot of you guys know Brian. Yeah. He's my, he's my little brother. And uh, anyway, somebody asked me the other day, or asked him if we were twins. But just to clear it up, I'm like 10, 11 years older than Brian, so. <laughs> but anyway, so I like that. That's what I had to say. <laughs> um, so anyway, when I came here, I was, I was going through transition, and Eric and I were going through transition. And is that going to get confusing, Eric, Eric, and Eric? Yeah, welcome to my life. Um, so my husband and I were going through transition and it wasn't just, um, you know, it was actually transitioning out of a church that we had been at for a really long time and then into a new church. And I really just felt like I needed a neutral place to come. And Brian had a lot of great things to say about Epic Life. And, you know, I just needed somewhere to get my head clear because I didn't ever think that we would be leaving this place. You know, they had, we started going there like five years into Eric's recovery. It's the first place that our family plugged into. We were there for 11 years. Um, they did such a great job just like raising us up as leaders and just giving us favor. We ended up running Celebrate Recovery for seven years and along with just all kinds of other opportunities that you know come up in 11 years of being someplace where you're just being poured into. And uh, I, just, I just never thought that God was gonna ask me to, to move on. But it was really great. The first night I came here, I uh, was just actually walking. I had prayed for Nicole. And then I was walking away, and Eric Knopf stopped me. And he's like, do I know you? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But it was, it was really just the Holy Spirit because he had a word for me. And even though I was being obedient to God by saying, yes, I'll transition. I'll make this move to this other church. Um, it, what, the word that Eric gave me that night was the peace that came with the act of obedience. And it was really just what my heart needed uh, to, to really just move forward and, and move into this uh, time of pruning. So <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever been in a time of pruning, but it's, it's basically, um, 
I don't know what it's it's great <laughs> um, somebody's been there um, so basically pruning is is a time when there's preparation right and then there's there's also just getting rid of stuff that doesn't need to go with you to where God's taking you and um, Gosh, I'm just like all over the place. Okay, so I I really felt comfortable here, and uh, after I got home, I was so excited because I was like Eric, my husband Eric, and I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. So you guys are my people, and this is why because I felt a little um, like I was holding back a lot of times, and and. And maybe like, I don't know, I want to use the word crazy in a very loving and endearing way. But I felt <laughs> like I might be like a little crazy compared to some other people around me. I mean, I wanted to be more like what I saw here and just worshiping and on your knees and, and just expressing yourself. And even how, you know, Eric Waterbury has his holler when the Holy Spirit talks to him. Like, that was actually really comforting to me because I, I'm like, okay, if I holler, like, that's okay, you know. I haven't hollered, but if I do, it's okay, right? And, and if I want to laugh or whatever, what's that mean? Okay. <laughs> That's my timer, apparently. He's holding up a big six. I thought I was just doing, like, bad, and I was like, oh, I thought. <laughs> a 10. Oh, thank you. See? Mm. <laughs> anyway, so... So, so many of the things that, that God, um, just first of all, by bringing me here was just like the first step. It was just refreshing. I just want to say it was just refreshing. Um, a couple years ago, I would have said um, that I was, you know, confident and every single person that I met was automatically my friend. And, and that wasn't happening here. Like, I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to... I just, I was, you know, I was feeling anonymous now that I was coming from a church where everybody knew me and we had like all the stuff happening in our lives and, you know, running ministry. And then now I'm anonymous, anonymous here, anonymous at our new church. And, you know, part of me just started to just retreat. Um, but, you know, God needed me to come into a place with him and, uh, and start just revealing things to me. And it's funny, I found this uh, definition of pruning. So let's see if you guys like it. But it's the cutting off of roots or branches within limits in order to remove dead or diseased branches. Also used to direct growth, increase quality or yield of fruit, and to ensure growth position of main branches to enhance structural strength. So... If you're dreading a transition season, just know that that is what you have to look forward to. But let me talk about my diseased branches for a minute. <laughs> okay, so this is like, I totally believe that a w because I was a married woman in ministry that I had to prove myself in order to have an independent voice and respect. Uh, this is a filter that I used, uh, basically, that I received my information through. So even if it wasn't being said, it's what I was hearing. And, um, and to be honest, I kind of heard that stuff through different ways, too. 
but feeling inferior um, and less effective is pretty much how I felt, just as comparison to like a man. But this was actually a root from a really um, young age, and I realized that I was always kind of trying to prove myself to the boys, you know. Um, I think our culture can kind of do that a little bit too, uh, but maybe a little bit how I was raised. So here's the truth that I've learned. Uh, so what I believe about myself is how I will be treated, right? So that's true for all of us, right? How we, how we believe about ourselves is what we attract. So if I don't believe the lie, it's not going to have an effect on me. So proving myself was an endless and exhausting trap, and it causes these things, competition, comparison, and manipulation of truth, just to name a few. But the surprising part to me and the revelation I had is that I was actually using that same filter with God. And I'm realizing that um, I was feeling that maybe I wasn't good enough to him either, trying to prove myself to him in so many ways. And then I just realized that if he wanted me to be a man, he would have just made me a man. <laughs> he must have wanted me to be a woman, and he must have wanted me to express myself and express him through myself. And so even just those, it might seem simple, but it was such a revelation to me um, that I am exactly who he wants me to be and I'm approved by him, and he will position me where he wants me to be regardless of my gender. And actually, if you want to be clear on what the Bible says about women in ministry, Eric Knopf has a great sermon from, like, series from about a year ago. Okay, two minutes, whatever. Give me a different number. I'm not quite done. Okay. Um, also, I have a learning struggle that people refer to as dyslexia, but I don't know. If you're a teacher in here, you're like, there's no such thing. But here, this is just another ingredient that added to the I'm not good enough and prove myself filter. It's not that um, I didn't know that I had this struggle. It was actually apparent, apparent like day to day. You know, when you have dyslexia or learning disability, like you can't forget that you have it. Um, but the mistake that I made was hiding it because I felt that I would be perceived as unintelligent. And I also hated the idea of using it as an excuse for mistakes that I would make. And it, it didn't protect me from being teased on a regular basis for mixing up words, because it wasn't just with writing, it's with words, and speaking also sometimes. And so I was teased, and I got the blonde jokes and the airhead jokes and even some girl jokes. Uh, but the problem was uh, I took it, and then I believed it. And this is where the shame entered in. You see, when we keep things in the dark, we invite shame and guilt. And so I realize it's not my fault that I have dyslexia, but I chose to be prideful, and I chose to hide it. And so the shame translated into fear of being seen and put in front of a lot of people. And I was always protecting that fear of being perceived as dumb. So really, I was immediately set free when Havila plug for her because she's awesome. Um, she shared her testimony about how she has dyslexia. And really, the power of that was just gone immediately um, when I heard her story because God just revealed to me that it was shame. And as soon as it came out, as soon as you bring things into the light, then there is no more power. So whatever that is for you. Um, so you wouldn't be surprised by now that I struggle with people-pleasing. But this is what I shared 
and learned recently, and the scripture has been a staple in my life, but it has recently become more meaningful in other ways, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, I see you, or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I guess I've graduated from fear, and God's like, now let's talk about timidity. And uh, so basically, I was timid, and God was telling me, and that basically I was worried about um, speaking up, and the Holy Spirit showed me that this led to gossip, division, anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness, because not speaking up to keep the peace robbed me from my peace. It robbed me from my sound mind. It robbed me from power and from love. And it's impossible to walk in love when you're offended. And there's no power in timidity. And so here's my power that God showed me, which is boundaries. So when I place a boundary, I'm loving myself. So if you love yourself, then you can follow the one really awesome, big, huge commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself. You see the connection? So now I have a sound mind. I need to give you a disclaimer. My inner circle is smaller now because God's word is alive and active, and when you put it into use, it moves things and shifts things in your life. So that is your disclaimer. At your own risk, have boundaries. <laughs> so um, I have like three minutes left. I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> he held up the one, so I'm pretty sure I'm done now. But... Um, what, what, what do I want to wrap it up with? Okay. So really quick, I just want to wrap it up with something that God sh showed me here. And um, uh, Leanne actually, or she went, but there she is. <laughs> the night that I found out that my son was diagnosed with Crohn's, which I know I've mentioned here before that he is healed now, and it has been three years. So thank God. They actually took the diagnosis off his medical record off his medical record. But the night that he got diagnosed, uh, my brother was like, come to Epic Life. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. And so, of course, I came and I went and I sat down. I didn't want anyone to see me or bug me. And like five people came up and they're just like, hi, so great to see you. And I'm just like, go away. And then I came up to the front. It like broke down those walls, you know. And so I came up to the front and uh, Leanne came up to me and showed me this picture on her phone and it was a lion. And she goes, God wants you to remember who you are. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I'm a lion. And so at that moment, I marked my territory, and I said, no, I'm not going to partner with this diagnosis, and, and you're not coming into my camp. So I got home, and God was like, uh, that's not all I want you to know about lions. So here's what he revealed to me, that lions are pretty lazy. <laughs> They're pretty powerful, but hey, they're called the king of the jungle, not because how powerful they are, but because they sleep like 20 hours a day. And so this is what he wanted me to see. He wanted me to see that lions live like kings because they know their purpose. They rest in who they are, and they rise up when they need to. And I've been learning to rest and to just be because this relationship with Christ isn't about doing, it isn't about striving, pleasing, or proving. It is about being. And I have experienced more peace in my trials over these last couple years than ever before in my entire life. And I have literally been on fire in the fire. And I don't smell like smoke because my Jesus was with me. And that's all.